The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Our weekly meeting of alpha males that enjoy the good life, that do not apologize, that certainly don't in any way, shape, or form have to kowtow to those that look at our alpha male lifestyle as something egregiously wrong because they don't have the confidence, they don't have the sophistication. They don't have the class. They don't have the intelligence that we do. Alpha Lives Matter. New hashtag. Alpha Lives Matter. And the Alpha Good Life matters. And we welcome you once again, lieutenants, front and center. Command Center Alpha Humidor 1A here in the Cigar City. And for the next two hours, we will enjoy the good life. I have my cigar selected. I've got my libation selected. And, of course, along the way, the enemies of pleasure would like to intervene and interfere in our gathering, but screw them. Long Ash greetings and salutations. A Long Ash snappy salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. America's alpha male front and center. Long live the alpha. And lieutenants, we welcome you to join us today. Join in on the conversational alpha male maneuvers. And if you're a female and you like the alpha male lifestyle, join us as well. 877 Dave 007. That is 877 328 3007. Email address Cigar Dave at CigarDave.com. By all means, make sure you follow us on social media Twitter at Cigar Dave Show. Facebook is Cigar Dave. And just head to CigarDave.com because you will be able to follow us on all of our. We're on Instagram and YouTube. You name it, we're on it. All right, lieutenants, uh, first up. I think I have some good news. Warning. Warning. We have reached DEFCON 1. Civil rights have been breached. Congressional insurgency has begun. Stand by to enact countermeasures. As you know, we have been fighting the enemies of pleasure. For I don't know how many years, and we've been fighting the FDA. And this week, dozens of the Enemy of Pleasure health groups sent a letter to President Obama urging him to issue a long-awaited final rule to allow the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, to regulate all tobacco products for the first time, including cigars. Now, never mind that the FDA cannot even regulate dog treats coming from China. Never mind they can't regulate the safety of our food supply 
but they're worried about us enjoying a fine cigar. 30 groups, including the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Heart Association, and oh, by the way, I know tons of physicians, including cardiologists and cardiac surgeons who love cigars. So those, they're not, the American Heart Association doesn't speak for them. The American Lung Association told Obama his leadership is needed to finish the rule which was proposed almost two years ago. And they said in the absence of a rulemaking, the groups have seen irresponsible marketing of cigars and electronic cigarettes geared toward youths or youths. As a result, they talk about e-cigarettes use among kids has expanded. Now, here's the thing. Why do they even have to put cigars in there? Because cigars have nothing to do with any sort of irresponsible marketing. Not one of the cigar manufacturers market towards kids. They don't want kids smoking their product. But yet, what the enemies of pleasure groups have to do is they have to insert cigars, even though all they talk about in that paragraph, in their statement, is the rise of e-cigarette use, which has nothing to do with cigars. And luckily, there are those in the House and in the Senate that understand that cigars are completely different from cigarettes or any other tobacco product. Evidenced this week, on Tuesday, the House Appropriations Committee on Agriculture, Rural Development, Food and Drug Administration, and related agencies released their fiscal year 2017 agricultural appropriations. Now, I know you're saying uh, general agricultural appropriations doesn't really sound exciting. Do I really care how much money they're going to be allocating to a beef inspector or to somebody to inspect the wheat on a farm? Ah, but as the great Ron Popeil would say, but wait, there's more. Because this subcommittee also oversees the FDA. And as such, the FDA's budget is determined, much of it determined, from this particular committee, the Subcommittee on Agriculture, Rural Development, Food and Drug Administration, and related agencies. And in their appropriations bill, which they just released this past Tuesday, they addressed the issue of premium cigars and proposed FDA regulation. Now, even if you do not smoke cigars, and we know, I know, that we have a tremendous number of listeners who are not cigar connoisseurs. And I welcome you. That's fine. I want to sound like Ted Cruz. I welcome you, even if you do not smoke cigars. Have you met my wife, Heidi? My lovely, gorgeous wife, Heidi? Couldn't help bringing up Ted Cruz. I just, I, I've been trying to perfect that. I've got the Bernie Sanders impression down, but I'm trying to get Ted Cruz with a little nasally going on. But even if you don't smoke cigars... This is relevant to you. If you enjoy a steak, if you enjoy coffee, if you enjoy soda or another food product, a donut, a chocolate bar, candy, snacks, corn chips, Fritos, potato chips, I will guarantee you when these groups are done with cigars, they're coming after you. 
They're coming after your Starbucks, your Tim Hortons coffee, your Dunkin' Donuts. They're coming after your soda, guaranteed. Now, do we want more government in our lives? Do we need more government in our lives? The answer is no. We have too much of it. That's the problem. I've always stated that if we would just get the government out of off our backs, this economy would explode. The ingenuity, the creativity would explode. But yet, every time we look around, especially in this administration, thousands and thousands of burdensome rules. So the language contained within this appropriations, agricultural appropriations bill that was released Tuesday would prohibit the use of funds for any effort to finalize, implement, or enforce the proposed FDA deeming rule, which would subject cigars to new and onerous regulations, if such applies to traditional large and premium cigars. So what they're saying is the FDA, under their new appropriation bill, the amount that they're given to spend in their budget would not, it would be against the law for the FDA to use any money to finalize, implement, or enforce any rules on traditional large and premium cigars. Chairman Robert Adderholt of that committee should be commended. When we have an enemy of pleasure who sits on a committee, I'm thinking of, in the Senate, the two Dicks, Dick Durbin and Dick Blumenthal from Illinois and Connecticut, respectively. We call them out. But when somebody is on, on our team who somebody's looking out for less regulation, then we have to acknowledge that. Glenn Loop, the executive director of the Cigar Rights of America, said that Chairman Robert Adderholt, working to protect thousands of domestic and tens of thousands of international jobs associated with the premium cigar industry. He clearly worked for a balance with his language that seeks to protect small businesses and traditional family-owned manufacturers. With the exception of a few companies, a handful of companies, the cigar business is really an amalgamation of family businesses, whether it is the family-owned cigar retailer or tobacconist or a family-owned cigar manufacturer. Rocky Patel, Padron, Perdomo, La Flor Dominicana. I can go on and on. J.C. Newman, Fuente. They're not big corporations. They're not Fortune 500 corporations. They are multi-generation family businesses. So this is good news. And there's another thing that's working in the premium cigar industry's favor right now that I want to bring up, and it has to do with Cuba. And as you know, I'm not in favor in any way, shape, or form of opening up diplomatic relations or lifting the embargo to Cuba as long as the Kami Pinko Castro brothers are walking the planet. But lifting the embargo, establishing diplomatic relations with Cuba is important to one person in this country right now, and that would be Barack Obama. He wants to leave this as one of his lasting legacies. So in, you know, 10 years when everybody's forgotten, well, they won't, I'm not so sure we'll forget about the damage. He will definitely go down as the worst president. And Jimmy Carter is thrilled about it because finally, after 40 years, Jimmy Carter will no longer be the worst, just the second worst. But he is looking for his legacy. And one of the elements of his legacy on Cuba has to do with cigars. Now, what is the one product that if the embargo was lifted tomorrow, 
What is the one product that everybody in the United States would immediately say they wanted to go purchase? What would it be? Simple. Cuban cigars. Even though you and I know that Cuban cigars ain't so great these days. We know that. But nonetheless, many people would say, I want to have a Cuban cigar. They wouldn't say, i got to have Cuban rum, or I've got to have Cuban sugar, or Cuban copper. No. I want to go buy a Cuban cigar. Now, this brings up a very interesting point. Obama with the FDA trying to enact onerous regulations that would destroy the industry. And my understanding is, is that during Obama's visit, this was one of the items brought up by the Cuban government. And so there seems to be a delay. A delay because the final regulations, the Office of Management and Budget in the White House has has had the review going on for five months. And yet, here we are today, in the middle of April, still no regulation. And by the way, if by May 17th, the final rules are uh, are not released, then chances are it is dead. It is done. Because after May 17th, the Congress would have the right to rip apart and go through every single part of that review. And that usually means the bill would be dead because Congress would have the right to go in and really gut it. So if the embargo ends, number one thing people want, Cuban cigars. So believe it or not, I don't want the embargo to lift, but I will use that as a tool, a negotiating chip right now, and we should, and they are, in the current FDA-proposed regulations. So we will keep an eye on it. But I will say this, that the industry, the Cigar Rights of America, The IPCPR, the International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers, and the Cigar Association of America, everybody working hard. And we need more people to continue contacting their congressman, their senator. If you see your congressman or senator at town hall, you tell them, hands off our cigars. Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to the general anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. The journey of Yarguera began with a very special yet delicate Cuban seed. The Grupo de Maestros took their rare tobacco to the privileged farmlands of western Honduras, where they began a five-year program to combine its sweet flavors and distinctively aromatic qualities with the robustness of Criollo 98. The result was Yarguera, a genetic hybrid tobacco containing the best qualities of each. Grown on a single state containing rich soil and ideal weather conditions, Yarguera features flavors of coffee and chocolate with hints of nutmeg and cinnamon. Shade and sun-grown versions of this exceptional tobacco are now used exclusively in one cigar. Yarguera H. Upman. Experience Yarguera H. Upman. Now at your local tobacconist and visit yarguera.com to learn more. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. 
every month you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts. You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the diamond crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium diamond crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. As a wussified beta male, departing as a certified alpha male. Cigar Dave, mission accomplished. And as certified alpha males, we are under attack. The feminists, the enemies of alphas coming after us, and we will get to a number of items, but a couple of things. First of all, want to congratulate Colonel Ange. Big milestone yesterday, our uh, leader in charge of the Western New York Theater of Operations. Uh, big milestone, congratulations to Colonel Ange, and he conducted special grilling maneuvers to celebrate, and I uh, sent me a video of it, so congratulations to Colonel Ange. And we know that we're going to keep Colonel Ange busy this summer because in the Western New York Theater of Operations, we have an announcement coming up, uh, I would say, in about uh, probably beginning of May. May, uh, somewhere May 1st to about May 3rd or 4th. Big announcement regarding the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest. And all I will tell you now is mark your calendars for Saturday, August 13th in Buffalo. That's all I will say for now, but the announcement coming up in just a couple of weeks. Also, for those of you li- uh, listening to us on 640 WGST in Hotlanta, the ATL, the 404. The Cigar Barbecue by Diamond Crown, the big tour, begins in Atlanta. And it comes up on April 21st from 6 to 9 p.m. at Venkman's. It is a restaurant just east of downtown Atlanta. And J.C. Newman announced that their very successful cigar barbecues will take place this year, starting in Atlanta then moving on to Austin, Denver, Chicago, Portland, Philadelphia, St. Louis, and the Cigar City of Tampa. It's a great evening. 
where great chefs, bartenders, mixologists get together, cigar connoisseurs, some great food, some great libations, great cigars. The proceeds benefit the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. And if you would like to purchase tickets, we have a special deal for you. For any of you listening anywhere in the country, you want to go to any of the Cigar BQ events, you will get 25 bucks off the $75 fee. So you'll get your ticket for 50 bucks, but all you have to do is put the code the general. And if you go to cigardave.com, we've got a link right on the home page, and you will see that it is brought to you by Diamond Crown, Tito's Vodka, Old Smoky Moonshine, Templeton Rye, Zaya Rum, some Coralejo Tequila, great food, great libations. I may have to make that one. Well, I don't think I can make that one uh, in Atlanta, but I'll tell you what. I'm thinking I wouldn't mind doing probably the Denver Cigar barbecue. That would be pretty good. Denver or Chicago, you cannot go wrong. So, lieutenants, April 21st in Atlanta, 6 to 9 p.m., Venkman's. It is the first of the Cigar barbecue tour stops from J.C. Newman. Go to CigarDave.com for more information. Now, for the April Officers Club, we have got a very nice sampler for you. One of the big manufacturers in the Dominican Republic is Jose Hochi Blanco. I've known Hochi for a long time. And he makes cigars for many of the manufa- well, many of the distributors in the country. Some very well-known names. Great tobacco, great cigars, and Hochi for the last number of years has been thinking about creating his own brands. He makes great cigars for others, but he said, you know, there's something that just has been after me. I want to do some of my own brands. So he purchased Indian Head Cigar Distributors down in Miami, and he immediately hired. Fabian Barantes, one of the well-known gents in the world of cigars, and they have come up with their first new cigars at Indian Head since their acquisition. The first is the La Galera Habano, which uses an Ecuadorian Habano, Dominican Piloto Cubano, Dominican Criollo 98, Pela de Oro, and in the binder, Dominican Corojo. It is a medium to full-bodied cigar. We also have the La Galera Connecticut and the new Indian Head Rough Rider Sweets. Mild-bodied cigar, a little bit of sweetness on the end. Very, very nice. You will get one of each of those cigars. If you're a member of the Officers Club, they will be shipped out this week. Be on the lookout. And if you're not a member of the Officers Club, head over to CigarDave.com. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Speaking of cigars, the National Cigar and Litation. Correction, National Cigar Litation and Libation Ceremony comes your way next. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is an Indian Head Cigar Sampler, including the Indian Head Rough Rider Sweets. The Indian Head Rough Rider Sweets is a mild blend using a Connecticut Ecuador wrapper and Dominican fillers and binder. It has just the right hints of sweetness, making it one outstanding smoke. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. Hi, I know everybody's familiar with the 95 rated Decade, one of the finest cigars ever made and produced by Rocky Patel. Well, he outdid himself. I'm here to introduce a new Decade Cameroon. It's got a beautiful African Cameroon wrapper on it. And when you put this wrapper with the wonderful blend of the Decade cigar 
It just takes it to another level. You get that little sweetness on the back of your palate. You get the cedar, the hickory notes with a little bit of spice. You know what I want to do? I want to just sit in my backyard or on my patio or a bar stool and enjoy the cigar. You can take it all the way down. I tell you, Rocky, you outdid yourself on this one. And if you haven't tried it, it's going to be at your local retail store. Go get yourself one. You won't be disappointed because this cigar, man, does it smoke great. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show. If you'd like to join the alpha male conversational maneuvers, call me during the live show, Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-DAVE-007. That's Saturdays 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 877-328-3007. an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy. It's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. One of my good friends here in the Cigar City, Dr. Jack Gugino, noted ophthalmologist, fellow cigar connoisseur. And we've had Dr. Uh, Giacomo on the show. Actually, he came out with his own line of cigars a number of years ago. Last night, he celebrated his birthday. We're at the Davidoff Cigar Lounge, where he had about uh, 50 of his buddies together, smoking some fine Giacomo cigars, enjoying some great libations. And Dr. Giacomo, a fine host, and he was dressed in a tuxedo, red cummerbund, red uh, bow tie. In fact, I almost wanted to hand him 50 bucks, like I was at Joe's, to go get a good table. But Dr. Giacomo has come out with his own line of cigars, and uh, I can tell you that Every one of the cigars he's come out with made down at Nicaragua American Tobacco, overseen by Carol Yanesa, and overseen by John and Janito Oliva of Oliva Tobaccos. Great cigars. And the cigar that I'm pulling out in honor of Dr. Giacomo's birthday is the Giacomo's 102. This is a very unique-looking cigar, unique shape. It's a square-pressed Perfecto. Beautiful in the hand, gorgeous-looking cigar. Comes in both a natural and a maduro. And for today, I will enjoy the natural. Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper, Connecticut Connecticut broadleaf maduro binder. It's going to give it some sweetness. The filler is Dominican, Nicaraguan, and Honduran. So a nice three-country filler blend. Beautiful size. I'd say this is about six and a half inches in length. Probably, it's a little deceiving because of the square press, and we posted pictures, but I'd say this is probably about a 54, 52 to 54 ring gauge. And on the band, there's a picture of Dr. Giacomo Gugino smelling a cigar, and he's got two very important elements on the band. And in fact, I'll take a picture of that, we'll tweet that uh, out as well. One is Seaboard Railroad, the logo for the old Seaboard Railroad line. That is because his father worked for Seaboard Railroad for many, many years. The other is a picture of a cigar factory because Dr. Jack Cagino's 
mother for many years worked in one of these cigar factories. He told me the name, and I cannot remember if it was the Corrali Wadiska factory, which was bearing. I'm not sure, but it sure looks like it. And then he's got the words love and passion on the back. There's a secondary band below with the number 102. And Dr. Giacomo, a great host, great cigars. And I took one of these and I said to our buddy Greg, I would enjoy it today as a toast to Dr. Giacomo. So, Dr. Giacomo, happy birthday. Always enjoy your fellowship and friendship. And uh, this cigar goes out to you today. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Now, for a a cigar really this elegant, and it is an elegant-looking cigar, I'm not going to use just a regular guillotine. I'm not going to use just a little bullet cut, especially with the way this head. It's a very, because this is a very unique perfecto, comes to a very, very tapered head at the top. But I need to do something that is as elegant as this cigar. So I've got my special cigar scissors, very elegant way. And I should say, by the way, the suggested retail for the Giacomo 102 Square Press Perfecto, $13.95. Available at many retailers in the Cigar City. Just go online, do a search for Giacomo's G-I-A-C-O-M-O apostrophe S cigars or just shoot me an email and we will get you uh, the info. So I will use this very elegant cigar scissors on my Giacomo's 102. Maximum BTU flame throwing and heat producing apparatus. Listen to the four jet flames coming off this beautiful cigar, Dave. Lock and load lighter from the R&D laboratories. Full tank, that's what I would use today. Cigar Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. I'm going to cut just about a half inch below. So it's going to leave me probably, I would say, about a 42 ring gauge size cut exposing the filler leaves. And now I will gently toast the foot of this beautiful Giacomo's 102. Beautiful looking cigar. Wonderful aroma, just feels nice in the hand. Nice, shiny, oily wrapper of the rotate. Mm-hmm. As Ted Cruz would say, My God, this is one fine cigar, this Giacomo. God bless this Giacomo cigar. God bless my wife, Heidi. Great walk. Beautiful. Blowing down the foot of cigar reveals a perfect, even amber glow. Now I need something that will accompany this, accompany this fine-looking pleasure stick. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, I've pulled out a sample bottle from Angel's Envy. It is their cask-strength bourbon whiskey finished in port barrels. Now, this was released in the fall of 2015, so last fall. Now, when we say cask-strength, this is major league high proof. This is high test. This is high octane. This is not for the wussified beta. This is not for somebody that wants a watered-down bourbon. This is not cut with very much branch or water at all. Now, in this particular bottle, the proof is 127.9 or 63.9% alcohol by volume. 
This is Major League Flavorful, Major League Strength, only 7,500 bottles released 2015, $170 suggested retail. Now, they do not say how long that the Angel's Envy is finished in port barrels. They don't say that, but I would have to say it's got to be a number of months at least. So I'm going to open this, and again, they just sent me a small sample bottle. I'm going to pour just a little bit in there. Don't need much. Trust me when I tell you. A little dab will do you. Close the bottle. Let me swirl it around. It's got a very nice, deep, deep orange-amber hue. Wow. Wonderful notes on the nose. Mm. Definitely getting some citrus, some orange. A little bit of maple. Mm. Very nice. So let me say without any further delay, cheers. Take a gentle sip. Oh, boy. Mm-mm. Ah, major heat on the patented Cigar Dave Warm Factor Scale, the CDWF. Mm. This is definitely a 9.575. A lot of after warmth, lingering warmth on the back of the throat. Very nice. Let me take another sip here. Wow. A lot of flavors coming up. Now, even though this is full cask strength, if you want to put a, just a splash of branch or a splash of water, branch a fancy term for water, you can do that. But I would not say, I do not recommend taking a cask strength bourbon or whiskey and diluting it on a one-for-one -one basis. That I would not recommend because essentially you're going to take a 64% Alcohol by volume or 127 proof, you're going to cut it in half. Not advised. What I would recommend, if you like, two things. Just a splash of water just to open up the bourbon just a bit. It'll open it up. It'll expand it on your palate, expand the aromas. Or take one of those giant ice blocks or ice balls that melt very slowly. You can buy these molds at any liquor store or at Williams-Sonoma, you can go online. You can get them in square or a round ball. Stick one of those in a nice little whiskey glass, even in a snifter. If you want it chill just a little bit, you'll get an ever-so-slow dilution, but not so much like a regular ice cube where in a matter of minutes you've diluted your bourbon by, by really a, a great amount. You don't want to do that. You want to be able to enjoy it, but for some... That 129, 130 proof, just a little bit too much. But I'll take another sip here. Mm. 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 Now, I don't just swallow it. I allow it to circulate or circulate around the, the mouth. And I, I get the sensations on the tip of my tongue, on the sides of my mouth, the back of the throat. And you find that you, you, you'll see notes, you'll experience notes that you otherwise would not experience if you just drink it straight up. Take your time. This is, should be a connoisseur's type of whiskey. And this is a connoisseur's cigar, this mm, Giacomo 102. Mm, absolutely spectacular. Lieutenants, when we come back, we'll tell you, I'll ask you this question. I leave you this question. Should women allowed to have their own clubs 
where only females, women, may join. I leave you with that question to ponder as we shall continue front and center. 877-DAVE-007, 877-328-3007. Do you want to smoke the same cigars the general does during the show? See past cigar and libation selections anytime at CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar-making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. Cigar Dave Show, your passport to unabashed pleasure. It is my delight and my pleasure to welcome the colonel in charge of the European Theater of Operations, Mick the Brit, joining us from London, England, in the United Kingdom, soon to be no longer part of the European Union. Mick the Brit, greetings. Greetings, General. A good evening to you here from London. Mmm. Mick, you would be very jealous enjoying this Angel's Envy bourbon whiskey cask strength. Although, 
There's only probably, this is a small bottle, Mick. There's only maybe the equivalent of about six shots. So you would have already finished this probably about, uh, within about five minutes, Mick. Uh, yeah, but I would have still savoured it. Uh, I'm actually savouring a Grant's whiskey. It's a blend, but it's uh, it almost tastes like a single malt. It's a very nice, smooth blend. Grant's whiskey. I know Grant's whiskey. Very familiar with it. Now, Mick, real quick. Yeah. Is, uh, is the UK going to secede from the European Union? General, I'll, I'll say this. Um, that is my hope of course, because technically it's like another country. It's got its own parliament. It's got its own currency. To all ends and purposes, it's like another country. However, um, yes, I would like to leave. Uh, And may I suggest to the pilots of Air Force One uh, that they leave uh, President Obama there on the tarmac because he's about to come over here as, as can, reaching Mick, out as friend. Yes. You can have him, Mick. He's yours. He's our gift no, to no, you. No, 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 no. I'll tell no. you what. We, he, we don't he, want him over here. He, he returned the, 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 uh, uh, yes. the, the bust of uh, Winston Churchill. So I'll Correct. tell you what. As our gift to the people of the UK, we will allow, allow you to have him. Now, Mick, I ask you this question. Yes. I pose this question to you. Should women be allowed to have their own clubs where only females may join. That would be sexist, General. (laughs) Well, I'm asking you the question. Do you believe that women should have the right to have their own clubs in which only women belong? Actually, yes. Now, women are going to give different reasons compared with why men should have clubs. No, 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 Mick. I'm just asking the question, yes or no. So yes or no answer. You're in a deposition, Mick. Yes or no. Should women have their own should they clubs? Be, should women be allowed to have their own clubs? Yes. Should men be allowed to have their own clubs? Yes. Yes. That is the point I am trying to make. Now, a couple of items. A social club, an all-male, the oldest all-male club at Harvard University, yeah. founded in 1791 called the Porcillian Club, is does not allow women to join. Now, the president of the club's alumni group, uh, they're under fire because women, of course, say we're in the 21st century. It should be opened up. And Harvard said that all clubs must be open to everyone. So a number of male-only clubs left the official Harvard umbrella and said we're, we're, we're going to continue on, but we're not going to continue on associated with Harvard formally, but we're going to still allow males only, which I am fine with. But the Porcillian Club... The president, who actually happens to also uh, be the president of Harpoon Brewery in Boston, said that admitting women, when they asked about, you know, why don't you admit women, he came up with kind of a bad excuse. He said admitting women could increase the chances of sexual misconduct. He said forcing single gender organizations to accept members of the opposite sex could potentially increase, not decrease, the potential for sexual misconduct. Now, of course, they were ridiculed, a lot of satire. In fact, one article that uh, appeared in one of the publications said, Club of Wealthy White Men Comes Out in Support of Status Quo. And, of course, by the end of the day, the gentleman, Charles Story, that said it, of course, went on his on his website to apologize. I am so tired of people stating something and then backing down and apologizing. He stated it. He should say, you may not agree with it, 
But that's how it is. End of discussion. And Representative Catherine Clark, a taxocrat of Massachusetts, said, Instead of blaming women, you could focus on teaching members of your club to not sexually assault people. Well, that's not what he was talking about. But Harvard has a long tradition of all-male social clubs. And in 1984, the university required these clubs to admit women, which I disagree with. At that point, the clubs broke official ties with Harvard, and they are officially unrecognized by the university. Who cares? They still have their club. Now, here is what I have to say, Mick, on this. There are women's only gyms. There is a place called, I think, Curves Fitness, where only women may join. No men. I do not see any problem with having women-only clubs and men-only clubs. I don't believe that's discriminatory. Men and women have different things that they like to talk about. They have different different passions, if you will. They have different hobbies. I don't think there is anything wrong with a club saying we only admit women or we only admit blacks or we only admit people who are Italian or who are from a certain country or who are only broadcasters, who are, who are only physicians, who are only members of the military. I don't have a problem with that. People should be allowed to congregate as they choose. That doesn't mean that they're discriminatory. If a group of, let's look at all Black Lives Matter. I guarantee that the people that are at the top, they probably don't want any whites in their in their inner sanctum of their board or whatever unofficial management they have of that group. I don't say, oh, open it up to everybody. I am sick and tired of the political correctness nonsense saying that everybody should have the right to be a member of any specific club. And let me give you a case in point. The barbershop. Mick, where do you go General. get your hair? Uh, where do you get your coiffure done? Do you go to a, one of those men, you know, male-only bar, a barber shop where they've got the straight razors and they give you a nice, you know, hot towels, that kind of thing? Yes, and they even say something for the weekend perhaps, sir. And they also give you a libation? <laughs> Uh, no, no. Well, there are many no, here but, in the well, United States. Coffee, 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 coffee would, but in the United States, yeah. many give you libations. Well, this is a classic. This comes to us from Southern California, the People's Republic of Southern California, where every nutcase in America eventually emigrates to. A woman is suing a barbershop called Hollywoods, and it's spelled H-A-W-L-E-Y-W-O-O-D. I don't know if it's Hollywoods. Hollywoods or Haleywoods, however they pronounce it, suing Hollywood's barbershop because the barbershop, the barber, refused to cut her hair because she's a woman. Rose Travis at Hollywood's barbershop in Long Beach in Orange County, the OC, refused her service saying it didn't serve women. Now, this is the kind of barbershop where the barbers are in a shirt and tie. You can have a beer. You get your haircut. I'm sure that there are TV showing sports. No dames allowed. It's a throwback to the old barbershop. Nothing wrong with that. They're making a big comeback. You get the hot towel. You get the hot shave. They shave the back of your neck. It's like uh, my, my coiffurist, my official barber uh, art. Same exact thing. Well, this woman said she felt very upset. She felt discriminated against. She said, I'm surprised we're in 2016. It was very embarrassing. Now, every woman I know, and again, all the women I know, they go and get their hair done. They go to a salon. They look good. They're not like the feminists that that look like men. 
They don't have all the women I know. None of them have hair growing on their mustache or a goatee or hair <laughs> facial hair. They don't have hair under their armpits. They shave their legs. But what perturbs me is that this woman purposely went in to try to make a scene. Enough is enough. If you are a barber shop and only serve men, or you're a salon that only serves women, fine, so be it. It is not discrimination. And by the way, has nothing to do with race. This is just gender. So if a club wants only men or only women or only wants a a certain type of profession, meaning architects or physicians or broadcasters or members of the military, they should be allowed to do so without these women like Gloria Allred, that feminist attorney, jumping up and down saying discrimination. Mick, that's exactly how I feel. And that is exactly how I stand, and I am not changing it in any way, shape, or form. Hour two of The Cigar Dave Show is next. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN. The Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. I have always maintained that if you decide you would walk down the aisle, you better have a prenuptial agreement. What's yours is yours. What's hers is yours. Did I offend some feminists? Oh, good. Because I'll guarantee you, lieutenants, I make this promise to you. I will offend someone somewhere over the next 60 minutes. Because if I say, what a beautiful day to someone, chances are somebody's going to be offended. If I look and say, what a beautiful dress you're wearing, you look great. Oh, someone's going to take offense to that. If you say to someone, I'd like to watch the Kentucky Derby, let's have a party. Oh, some people are getting offended on that too. Everybody gets offended. Enough is enough front and center. Welcome back. Hour number two of the Cigar Dave Show, 877-DAVE-007. As always, make sure you go to CigarDave.com. Stay up to date. Follow us on social media, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, YouTube. The big one that I'm on all the time is Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show. You never know what I'm going to tweet or when. It just comes to me, and when I get a roll, look out. Joining us again from the European Theater of Operations, Colonel Mick the Brit. Mick, greetings. Greetings, General, and a privilege and a pleasure to be here with you and, of course, with the lieutenant there, wherever they are, whatever they're doing. Before we get into a big, probably the biggest hot topic of legislation in the 
State of Florida, this legislative session, uh, Captain Cy, our good friend Captain Cy Emerson from the Charlotte Theater of Operations, said to send his regards to you, Mick, and he said that uh, when he was in London, a great place to go is Truffet and Hill for a haircut and a shave. Yes, yes, in St. James's, the gentlemen's districts of downtown London, Indeed. Truffitt and Hill, been there since the 1800s. Mick, it is the uh, oldest barber shop in the world, is recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records. It began in Mayfair in 1805, while King George III sat on the English throne, and William Pitt the Younger served as its prime minister. Do those names ring a bell? Indeed. William Pitt is actually, he had a house not far from where I'm living right now. And Truffitt and Hill located very close to 10 Downing Street, not far at all. Not far at all, General. Uh, like I say, it's it, it's in St. James's there in the gentleman's district of London. Well, I say gentleman's district because you've got great shops there that can, uh, you know, you've got foxes there. That, you know, the, the ah, and I'm glad you brought that up because, as we know, right. Captain Cy also used to frequent at J.J. Fox's when he was an international captain. It's across the, the road from there. Right across it's the street. A, and that's where you hang yeah. out, isn't it, Mick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And I'm looking at a picture of Truffitt and Hill. It's got that very unique, distinct British look, a nice awning on the outside. It looks like a kind of place that uh, is very alpha, very gentlemanly, very refined. It is general. Absolutely. Yes. Outstanding. So next time I visit you, Mick, you will take me there. I will get a coiffure. I will then have a fine shave. Uh, They'll put some hot towels on me little cologne, and then we will head over to J.J. Fox's to enjoy a fine cigar. That sounds great. And, General, you say coiffeur. Now, that conjures up images of lots of hair, like Tony Curtis. Uh, I was thinking me- more like Wayne Newton with that giant bouffant. Like, <laughs> Wayne, i got to send the picture out. I, I got a great picture when yeah. we were at the Cigar Retailers Convention in Vegas about four years ago. and yeah. uh, four or five, yeah, I think it was four years ago. And saw Wayne, started talking with him, and... Uh, uh, someone said, hey, I want to take a picture with you. I said, sure, no problem. So Wayne and I took a picture, and just standing next to him, first of all, the amount of pancake makeup that – and I should say, first, I got I got a preface. He was a delightful guy to talk to. He was – the way you see him on television, the same way he is. Stopped, talked to everybody. He was very, very pleasant. Chatted with him for about five minutes. He was very, very nice. And he was there to actually accept a check for the um, – the uh, um, what's the organization that he's involved with now? The USO, the USO, which is the big organization that uh, that helps a lot of the service members. And there's USO clubs in airports welcoming people. So he was very very pleasant. We chit chatted, but the amount of pa- pancake makeup that he wore and the bouffant, Mick, I'm telling you, it must have been like a, a foot in the air. Uh, that's that that coiffure, and I, it must have yes. taken him an hour. And the amount of hairspray. And uh, I was just, I kind of was fascinated. It's its almost like you just couldn't stop looking at it. But he was very, <laughs> very pleasant. So, yes, I will get my coiffure at Truffitt in Hill next time I'm with you. And uh, it says, gentle, the sign says, gentlemen's hairdressers and perfumes. Yes. Very nice. Now, Mick. Yes. Yes. One of the big items, probably the most talked about piece of legislation that, 
occurred during the Florida legislative session, which uh, is just about to wrap up. There's just a couple of more. I think there's about two more weeks left in it, two or three more weeks. But has to do with the alimony and child custody laws in Florida. The Florida alimony laws were written in the 1860s. They're incredibly out of date. They were written when the little woman stayed at home, took care of the of the cave. The man went out and hunted and gathered. The woman took care of the cave and the little cavelets. And uh, basically, she couldn't do anything and didn't work. And so if they got divorced, she was destitute. Yeah, well, that little was in, house on the prairie. Exactly. That was in the 1860s. And what has happened coming into the 21st century is that judges uh, interpret the law they want. Because the law is relatively vague, in some cases they completely ignore the law in the books. And alimony recipients... Usually, uh, when they do get alimony, some of them get it for life. And that has been a major uh, contention now from people that are getting divorced, not only males, I should say, but females. And I know several females who are paying alimony currently because their husbands weren't, weren't alpha like you and I are, Mick. And so, basically, they're letting their wives uh, give them a check every month. They're on their, I call it alimony welfare. And they're on it. And so, it is not just men. That would benefit, but women as well. And let's face it, in the 1860s, times were different. Women didn't go to college. Women didn't have advanced degrees. Women weren't professionals. They didn't have careers. Today, women have careers. What is the one thing the feminist movement has been espousing for since they started showing up picketing uh, with their with their facially their 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 facial hair strewn faces at all these rallies. What's the one thing women have wanted, these feminists have wanted since the beginning, Mick? What have they wanted? Equal rights. You are correct. Equal rights. Equal opportunity. They want the same opportunities and same treatment as a man. But I always say that's a misnomer. Because the feminists love to jump up and down and say, we want fair treatment. We want to break the glass ceiling. We want fair pay, equal pay. Yet, when women go out on dates, how many of them say, let me pick up the tab for that? Let me pay for the date. How many even offer? Not too many. I'd say slim to none. And when it comes to getting divorced, even women that are successful career women, how many of those women still want alimony? Many of them. So when they, on one hand, the feminists say, we want equality, equal rights for all. Yet, they're, hypocr- uh, they're totally hypocritical on the issue because they want to exclude alimony and they want to exclude for paying dates. Now, most of the real feminists, the ones that have the facial hair and the, the, you know, the hair growing on their legs and under their armpits, they don't have to worry about paying for dates because they don't get dates. Because no man in their right mind could ever get stimulated or sexually excited in any way, shape, or form uh, to be on a date with them. They don't do anything. And most of these women don't want to fix themselves up. You know, they should go to a salon. They should go and get some makeup. They should go out and look a little more feminine. But most feminists are not feminine. So let's talk about the alimony. This bill that has now been pushed about 11 years ago is when in the state of Florida that a number of senators and representatives wanted to bring up changing the alimony laws, changing how alimony is dispersed and for how long. And three years ago, an alimony bill passed the House and Senate, but it was vetoed by the governor because 
the alimony, the bill would be retroactive. So if somebody was given alimony, let's say lifetime alimony 15 years ago, the bill would be retroactive, so consequently the alimony would go away. So he vetoed it for that particular reason. Well, this year, another alimony bill was introduced, but it did a couple of things. Among things, first of all, it would change the way Florida judges can award alimony with the intent to eliminate forever alimony or lifetime alimony. It would also reduce alimony payments if there's a substantial change in circumstances. Let's say somebody had a job paying him $75,000 a year. And let's say three years later, for whatever reason, he's laid off and he's only making $50,000. By Florida alimony law, the person paying the alimony is out of luck. And actually, if he's not making the alimony payments, he can be arrested and thrown in jail. That is not right. And permanent alimony is not right. And paying alimony to somebody that you haven't been married to for a long time, a year, three months, two years, three years, maybe even five years, is not right. Half Changes must be made. The other thing that it did was that it created a legal premise in child custody hearings where that all, the presumption would be that the father and the mother would get a 50-50 split. So there wouldn't be a single custody. There would be a 50-50 joint custody, and then the judge would have some leeway. Well, the governor this week decided to veto the bill. Now, why? what I don't understand is why the members of the House, the, the bill's sponsors, why they didn't do two standalone bills. One, just looking at alimony, which probably would have passed, and the other, looking at child, uh, 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 child custody. Two separate items, but instead they lumped it into one bill. And the governor, earlier this week, he has until Tuesday to veto it, didn't wait. Yesterday, he vetoed the alimony and family law bill. And here's what he said. As a husband, father, and grandfather, I understand the importance of family and the sensitivity and passion that comes with the subject of family law. Family law issues are very personal, and nearly every family comes to the court with different circumstances and needs. As such, we must be judicious and carefully consider the long-term and real repercussions on Florida families. The bill's proposed revisions to Florida's alimony and child custody laws have evoked passionate reaction from thousands of Floridians because divorce affects families in many different ways. The one constant, though, is that when a, ju- when a divorce involves a minor child, the needs of the child must come before all others. Current law dictates or directs a judge to consider the needs and interests of the children first when determining a parenting plan and time-sharing schedule. The bill has the potential to upend that policy in favor of putting the wants of a parent before the child's best interest by creating a premise of equal time-sharing. Our judges must consider each family's unique situation and abilities and put the best interests of the child above all else. Well, the, the governor, Governor Rick Scott, doesn't mention anything in his veto letter about alimony, which is curious to me. So I, I would like to know what his position was on that. But I have a little issue even with the family child thing because this isn't a day. Today we have fathers, we have mothers. And the presumption was, well, then the mother was, would always be best to take care of the children. Well, what's wrong with starting with a 50-50 supposition and allowing a judge in circumstances to say, okay, maybe 50-50 isn't appropriate, but maybe 
a 70-30 is or maybe a 60-40 is or coming up with something that isn't just arbitrary saying the woman gets custody. Men are being screwed in this nation. The feminists love to talk about equality. They love to talk about equal pay and equal rights to education and equal job opportunities. However, when it comes to divorce, to alimony, the feminists don't want equality. They want inequality. They want the man to get shafted and get screwed. They want the man to get to write the big alimony checks. And I know a number of people, friends of mine, who've gotten divorced, who's young, whose ex-wives could easily go back into the workforce, who have said, I don't have a problem paying 10 years. Our kids will all be gone. That gives her a few extra years. If she wants to go back to school, fine. But this lifetime alimony is a load. And that's why I have always stated, men must get a prenuptial. And women as well. When we come back, lieutenants, I will, uh, got a quote that, uh, a soundbite from one of our lieutenants, one of our listeners that called a number of years ago, and he listened to my advice. Not sure what libation to pair with your cigar? Now at CigarDave.com, you can see what your five-star general pairs together each week for the show. In the fertile fields of the Connecticut River Valley, there is still one cigar brand who grows their own Connecticut shade wrappers. Monte Cristo. Prized for its unique silky texture, this exquisite tobacco has now been used to craft a cigar worthy of its name, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut. Building on the legacy of the beloved Monte Cristo White series, this excellent medium to full-bodied cigar is rich, flavorful, and complex. Crafted with only the finest vintage 2008 wrapper leaves, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut cigar has subtle notes of spices, vanilla, and hazelnuts. Packaged in a gorgeous handcrafted box, these exceptional cigars are available now at your local tobacconist. Pick up a Monte Cristo White Vintage today and experience the spirit of the valley. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app for both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes store or the Google Play store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. I'm here with my brother Nish and my cousin Nimish, and we're talking cigars. Guess what? They want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar. 
but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree, but guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. run on tofu. Alpha males run on meat. Steak, cigars, and Cigar Day, the trifecta of pleasure. And I'm running on my Giacomo 102 cigar and my Angel's Envy cast strength. Make the Brett rejoins us from the European Theater of Operations. We're talking about the Florida alimony law. Now, this is Representative Jimmy Smith, a Republican representative from Inverness, which is in Citrus County, uh, just probably about 50, 70 miles north of uh, Tampa. And this is what he had to say on the House floor. Alimony is just not the way we need to do things nowadays. If you need it to get over a hurdle, fine. But to have it for life is actually a penalty for a man. Alimony is right. It is a lifetime penalty, especially permanent alimony. We're in the 21st century. Women are not little sheltered sheltered beings that can't think for themselves, that can't, can't decide for themselves, can't make decisions, that are just frail and feeble. That's not the case. The majority of, of college graduates today are women. So women getting educated, women having careers, there is no reason today that a woman who is capable of working, if she's been married for three years, five years, even ten years, that somebody should be made to pay permanent alimony. It is a lifetime sentence. And one of the things, one of the consequences of lifetime alimony is that the alimony recipients, essentially they're welfare recipients because basically they get their check every month, they don't have to work, and uh, they're living off the uh, ex-husband's labor. One of the consequences is that they never remarry because if a spouse receiving alimony, a former spouse receiving alimony remarries, the alimony goes away. So they will live together with their spouses or or their, their boyfriends or girlfriends, whatever the case is, but they will not get married. It's about time that we change the laws, not just in Florida, but across the country. We have an alimony welfare state. Now, when we come back, I'll tell you what one very smart listener and alpha male did. He listened to my advice. You will hear exactly what he did before he got married and what happened within a year after marriage. And all I will tell you, a little hint... He can kiss the general's five-star ass because I saved him from writing big-ass checks. We will continue. 
The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection for April is an Indian head cigar sampler, including the La Galera Habano. It's a medium to full body blend with an amazing aroma. La Galera Habano is complex with an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Dominican Corojo binder, and three different fillers. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com. The journey of Yarguera began with a very special yet delicate Cuban seed. The Grupo de Maestros took their rare tobacco to the privileged farmlands of western Honduras, where they began a five-year program to combine its sweet flavors and distinctively aromatic qualities with the robustness of Criollo 98. The result was Yarguera, a genetic hybrid tobacco containing the best qualities of each. Grown on a single state containing rich soil and ideal weather conditions, Yarguera features flavors of coffee and chocolate with hints of nutmeg and cinnamon. Shade and sun-grown versions of this exceptional tobacco are now used exclusively in one cigar. Yarguera H. Upman. Experience Yarguera H. Upman. Now at your local tobacconist and visit yarguera.com to learn more. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. On cigars, spirits, diversions, and the good life. The General Cigar Dave. A couple of years ago, received a call from a lieutenant, and he said he was about to get married. And he was telling me how great his wife was, lets him go to Vegas, loves that he smokes cigars, enjoys the good life. And I said, well, just before you get married. Have you planned for prenuptial agreement? He said, no, I have not. And this is only about a month before. And I said to him, you absolutely must get a prenuptial agreement. You must absolutely protect your assets. Because today she could say everything is great, but down the road you never know. And it's very different today. It's different than 30, 40, 50 years ago when people knew each other. This is different. We're in a transient society there's a lot more scam artists that are out there. There's a lot more gold diggers. You've got to be careful. So I gave him the advice, and he called me back one year later. I have uh, got to thank you because I, I first started calling the show about a year and a half ago when I first found you, and I was looking for cigars for uh, my upcoming wedding. Well, it's a year and a half later, and my lovely bride uh, has just filed for divorce. I followed your advice about getting the prenup, and I'm keeping the house. So I appreciate you. I appreciate your advice on that one, sir. He kept his house. He kept his cigars. He kept his money. He kept his assets. He kept his cars. He kept his quality alpha male life intact. 
And yet so many people that I know are about to get married and they don't listen to me. Unless you say, well, General, you're being sexist. I can tell you I give the exact same advice to female friends of mine who are successful professionals and career women to protect them. And you know how many of them follow my advice? Not many. You know how many wish they followed my advice after their husband or they they end up getting divorced within a year or two? Every damn one of them. Because in the state of Florida, even if you're married for a year, they can come and say, well, you know what? She should have alimony. And the bill that was in front of the governor that he vetoed would have excluded any alimony for those couples married less than two years. It was the right bill to sign. And a good friend, Fox Newsman Eben Brown, said, Before you marry her, she's your fiancé. After you divorce her, she's your financee. Fox Newsman Eben, you should go open for Shecky Green in uh, Las Vegas immediately. But he's right. Before you marry her, she's your fiancé. After you divorce her, she's your fi-nan-see. Mick the Brit, would you not agree? 100% general. And this is typical of legislator. Uh, also with tobacco laws. Cigar smokers are banded in with cigarette smokers because it's tobacco. And yet we both know two the two are very much different and should be t- treated separately. So I agree 100%, sir. Well, and here under current alimony law, not just in Florida, but many other states, there is no incentive whatsoever for an alimony recipient to do anything to generate an income or get a job uh, to support themselves because they're getting the alimony welfare check every month. And I've got a very good friend of mine who's very successful, and I know what he's writing every month. And he said, he goes, every time I write that check and sign it, it just, it, my blood pressure goes up 100 points. He said, because it's been 10, 12 years now. And he said, I've got to do this forever. His ex has a, has a boyfriend. She'll never marry him. Why? Why ruin the gravy train? And that is a huge issue. And here's an interesting, uh, interesting thing that, in, uh, there is an example in Florida here. An alimony payer filed an appeal against a trial judge's order, and he won. He won on appeal. The case was remanded back to the trial court to make a ruling in line with the appellate court's order. What did the lower court judge do? He ignored the appellate court's mandate, continued with the alimony payments the same. So here we have a judge that was overruled, overturned by an appellate court, They remand the case back to him and say, make the change. And the judge says, screw that. You know what the problem is? The judge, judges in this this state, and most judges, the average salary is probably about $150,000. When they see somebody that comes to the court that makes more than them, they're jealous. So in many cases, they want to screw the person uh, who's successful. And so they really give it to them. They shove it right up their rear. And And these family court judges have really wide latitude and a wide swath to be able to make their rulings for alimony. And most of the people that get screwed are men, but there are many women that get screwed. So the moral of the story is get a prenuptial agreement. Now, I'm not an attorney, nor would I ever want to be because I have a personality. But I would tell you that the first thing you ought to do is go see a great attorney. Find the best you can get even if it costs you initially a good amount up front, because down the road, it is a small price to pay to protect yourself, your assets, and your way of life. Everything that you have worked hard for, that you have spent years and years to work for, 
could be taken away and destroyed in a matter of not even a year. Because you marry somebody, you don't have a prenuptial, she can come after you. You have to be smart. And one of the things that every single attorney I know that deals with prenuptials says the same thing, that there are certain rules you have to follow. Number one, you must disclose every one of your assets. You can't hide anything. You have to have a schedule showing everything. And furthermore, you have to tell whoever you're marrying, she can go see whoever, whatever attorney. You don't pick the attorney. You tell her, go see any attorney you want. I don't care. I will write the check. And I've got a, here's a great story. Mick, this is a classic story. And I'm sure you've heard. I'm sure you've heard people that are about to get married. They're engaged. The invitations are about to go out. And the prenuptial has not been signed. The man says to the woman, i got to have a prenuptial. We've got a family business or we've got some other business or profession that I have to protect. And the woman does not review the prenup, doesn't sign it. Have you ever heard that, Mick? Oh, yeah. Happens often. Happens, Yes. Happens often. And there's a classic. I've got a friend of mine. For six months, he told her right up front, got to have a prenup. His attorney drafted the prenuptial agreement. He disclosed everything, and he told his fiancée, you go to any attorney you want. I don't care who it is. I don't care how much it is. You choose it. I cannot give you any input. You want to go see three attorneys. Go ahead. I'll write the check. You go. Sure, yep, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. Then we're down to five months. She hasn't gone. Four months hasn't gone. Three months hasn't gone. Invitations are about to go out in the next week. So he finally looks and says, we're not mailing the invitations until you sign the prenup or you get it looked at, period. The invitations are not going out. I will postpone the wedding. And she said, don't worry about it. I'm going to do it. Trust me. Let's send them out, and then we'll do it. I promise. I'm just so busy with planning and getting the invitations. Well, he was smart. He listened to me. I said, that is a ploy. That is a tactic that she is using because once the invitations go out and it's public and people start sending gifts and the deposits have been made, she's going to say, hey, I decided I don't want to sign it, but we're getting married anyway. And he said, I'm really in a quandary. I said, there is no quandary. It's a simple decision. You tell her you don't get the prenup signed or reviewed and signed. There are no invitations are going to be out. And she put up a hissy fit and subsequently said, well, I'm not ever signing a prenup. And he said, I'm never going to marry you. And guess what? I saved his ass. They didn't get married. And he looked at me and he said, well, you know, I'm heartbroken. This and I said, wait a minute. You're heartbroken over a woman that would deceive you on purpose. She never had any intent of following through and reviewing the prenuptial agreement and signing the prenuptial agreement. All she wanted to do was get to that wedding because you were her meal ticket. She was deceitful from the get-go. And when I, the more I explained it, and he's, he went from being disappointed to being angry and being totally ticked. And he said, you know what? She really conned me. And I said, that's exactly right. And don't tell me that we have women that say, well, if you really love me, you wouldn't make me sign a prenuptial. That's hogwash, Mick. That's nonsense. That's what they, but that's what they do, General. It's that, it's that uh, mental, moral game that they play. They will screw with men because men tend to think with their, their uh, yes, let's yes. say their tallywhacker, as you would say in Britain, Mick, rather than we their would heads. Think downstairs. We would think downstairs rather than upstairs. Yes. And, and I hate to put it in this way, but it is a business decision because you have worked hard. You have worked for many years. People get married later in life. They have their established careers. And again, 
it's not just for men I'm saying this. This is women, too, because I know multiple women that are paying alimony, and they're just as angry as men because they're saying, why on earth should I have to support someone that is college-educated, that could easily get off his ass and get a job, that could go and get training? Why is it that I'm funding his, uh, his welfare state? So he can go play golf every day. He can go travel. He can go screw his new girlfriend, but I'm writing the damn check. So whether you're a man or a woman, wake up. This is the 21st century. And I am very disappointed that the governor, well, first I'm disappointed and a little baffled as to why the the sponsors of the bill in the Florida House and Senate didn't do two standalone bills. Because had they done the standalone bill, then I want to see, would the governor have vetoed this? If he would have, and I have a feeling he would have. Now, a few years ago, he overturned the the alimony bill because he said it would have been it would have been uh, retroactive. Okay, fine, I buy that. But I'm not so sure today. I have a feeling he would veto it even today if it weren't retroactive, as the bill was written today. If they excluded the child custody issue out of it. So, Mick, today we live in a different society. We have to protect ourselves because I will you tell want- you this: the deck is stacked against us. Even judges, male judges, screw other men. Why? Because they are jealous. It happens here in the UK, General, and I will say this. A prenuptial agreement is not recognized officially. Technically, yes. Well, in the United the- States, it's... And I love when these women, they, they, they sign a prenup, then they want to sue afterwards and say, well, it's not fair, it's not right. Well, you sign that agreement. You had it reviewed. Yeah. That's why you have to follow every single step. We are going to spend... I want to do an entire uh, hour on prenuptial agreements because I think it is that important that many of our alpha males, they fall into this category. And let's face it, we know that there are many people that stay married because they can't financially afford. They know they're going to get raped and screwed by their spouse if they file for divorce and they just can't afford to do it because they will get shafted. So the key of this, the moral of the story is always have a prenuptial agreement. Now, when we come back, Mick, you are going to love this. I've got two great stories for you. One revolves around, well, I, I'll tell you what. I'm just going to leave this, ponder this question with you. All right. You're familiar with the Kentucky Derby, correct? Indeed, yes. Very big horse. In fact, I would say the Cigar. sport. Cigar. That's right. The sport of kings originated, I believe, in uh, the UK, didn't it? Horse racing? Indeed it. Indeed it did, yes. There you I go. I believe so. Well, the Kentucky Derby, part of the Triple Crown, it's a very big event where there's Lots of parties and mint juleps, and it's a social thing more than anything else. But all I'm going to say is Black Lives Matter has a problem with it. The final and concluding segment of this edition of The Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. If you miss any of the general show, you can catch up anytime with The Cigar Dave mobile app. Presented by Diamond Crown. Listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay. Or you can download a podcast of a past show. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store to get it. This is Rocky Patel. On a daily basis, our personal rights, freedoms, and privileges are being taken away by the government, by the people who don't want us to enjoy the fine things in life. Cigars. Guess what? Socialism stinks. Cigars don't. So in order to celebrate life, we decided to release the freedom. 
This great cigar from Nicaragua has tones of coffee, spice, pepper, with a great underlying sweetness. It's got a beautiful Ecuadorian wrapper, fillers from different parts of Nicaragua, and guess what? It's priced very fairly. So go out and celebrate the fine things in life and enjoy your freedom by lighting up a Rocky Patel freedom. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about, it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next? How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yeah, it costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. The general has turned on the no pleasure police sign. You may now feel free to enjoy the good life. Hard to believe we are less than a month away from the Kentucky Derby, the annual running of the roses. At Churchill Downs, where women get dressed up and wear giant funny hats with fruit and all sorts of other concoctions uh, upon them. And Mick the Brit, I know that in the UK, the sport of kings is very uh, regal. And uh, not everybody, it's, it's amazing because I always say that during the Kentucky Derby, they have hundreds of thousands of people that go. And everybody throws these Kentucky Derby parties with the mint juleps and the hats. And most, 99% of the people that party and celebrate at the Kentucky Derby wouldn't know the difference between a horse's head and a horse's ass. Correct. And that's true. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, a sorority at Dartmouth College is canceling its Kentucky Derby party this year because some students allege that the Kentucky Derby, wait for it, wait for it, is racist. What? Yeah, that's right. Leave it to Black Lives Matter, which is an absolute farce of an organization, 
Uh, all they are is 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 black lives that want to divide Americans, uh, white from black, where we never had all these issues until this group started to really come around and purposely try to wedge, uh, divide between people. But last General, uh, yes. Can I just quickly say, uh, President Obama's uh, constituency there in Chicago, many black lives have been lost this year, ah, last year. But that's a what about ah, those lives that matter? That's right, again? and even Bill Clinton, who I don't agree with on much, but when he came out and said that, you know, when you talk about black lives, you need to talk about the lives of people, the black-on-black crime, the kids that are being shot. You're exactly right. But Al Sharpton and all the other supposedly black leaders don't have time for that because they would rather spend their time on going after something, an event that occurred in Missouri, in Ferguson, Missouri, in which a black youth, without any question, went after a cop, went to go after attack a cop after he had he had actually, ironically, had burglarized a convenience store for cigars. He actually robbed them for cigars. So it, it to me, is just, it's absurd. But last year, a group of Black Lives Matter protesters targeted the Kentucky Derby Party hosted by the Kappa Delta Epsilon sorority, calling the event overly racist and recreating an antebellum South atmosphere on the Ivy League campus. What they were trying to do is associate the Kentucky Derby with plantation mentality during the Civil War era. The Black Lives Matter protesters accused the party of being a bastion of racism, exclusion, and oppression. And they chanted, what is Derby? It's the face of genocide. What is Derby? It's the face of police brutality. The last time I looked at the Kentucky Derby... There were. It's a horse race. There was no genocide going on at Churchill Downs, and there was certainly no genes- uh, no police brutality at the uh, at Churchill Downs at the Kentucky Derby. And what is interesting to me, Mick, is that when you go to the Kentucky Derby, there are whites, there are blacks, there are people from different countries. Everybody's there for one reason: have a party. They don't even know the horses. They just go to party. It's kind of like uh, St. Patrick's Day. You don't have to be Irish to celebrate St. Patty's Day. So what did these sorority ladies from the Kappa Delta Epsilon sorority do? They met with the university's Afro-American society. And thereafter, they decided to change the Kentucky Derby theme because of its racial connotations. One of the officers of Kappa Delta Epsilon said it's related to pre-war Southern culture. The Derby was a party that had the power to upset a lot of our classmates. Now, first of all, I don't give a damn who I offend. That means if I'm going to throw a Kentucky Derby party and somebody's offended by it, too bad. Enough of this, everybody's offended. The Kentucky Derby has nothing to do with slavery, with the plantation, with the Civil War South. Zero. And here's a little bit of history for these girls from people from Black Lives Matter. One little problem. The first running of the Kentucky Derby was held in 1875 during Reconstruction. That was after slavery had been declared illegal. That was after the Civil War. It was 10 years after the Civil War ended. And Kentucky was officially neutral during the Civil War between the War of the States. So the president of Kappa Delta Epsilon said the protest leading to the change was helpful. It's an opportunity to reflect on what it stands for 
and the inconsistencies between Derby and the sorority's value. Well, let's say one thing for, for Black Lives Matter. We know they're dumb as hell because we they've never cracked open a history book. Had they done that, all they would have had to do is say, oh, Kentucky Derby, 1875, 10 years after the Civil War ended, after slavery was abolished. Ding-dongs. That's why most members of the Black Lives Matter are dumbass idiots. They really are. And if I don't give a damn if it's an organization where it was White Lives Matter that said, we have a problem with it because it's racist, and we go to a history book and it says no. They never want to look at facts, Mick, and that is a huge problem. That's like saying Colonel Sanders is racist because he fries chicken. Or somebody, you know what, I'm wearing a cotton shorts today, Mick, that are made of cotton. Well, we know that slaves picked cotton back, uh, you know, during the slavery era, so therefore I must be racist because I'm wearing something with cotton. It's ridiculous. So instead of a derby party, they're hosting an alcohol-free Woodstock party. Isn't that exciting? On Kentucky Derby, they're throwing a Woodstock party. Absolutely absurd. And this is what's going on in this country. People jump up and down, and instead of the sorority just looking and saying, hey, before we meet with you, let's go crack open a history book. Let's go open and, and let's see the real facts. Because I would have sat with these Black Lives Matter idiots, and I would have said, enough is enough. There was no connotation between the Kentucky Derby and slavery. So you ladies can march your Black Lives Matter asses out of our sorority. We're going to continue with our party. Enough is enough. Mick, we got to end this nonsense. There's no common sense whatsoever left. Agree, General. And I'll say two things. Stay at home, Obama, and go Trump. I'm, I'm with you. We're counting down the days till Trump. we got a counter at CigarDave.com. Mick the Brit, as always, great to have you. We'll talk soon. The lovely Miss Kate. You gave me a gift, Miss Kate. I'll tell you what. We'll open it after the show, and we'll talk about it. I want to thank Lieutenant Brian and Lieutenant Eric. Cigar Dave, the general, say, may our humidor always be full. May our cutter always be sharp. May our be extra, extra long. Semper Delictatio, always pleasure. Long live the alphas. And please, go offend someone today. You'll feel good about it.